Hello and welcome back to the Winging It podcast, how to build, maintain and totally own a career that you love. I'm Lucy Hitchcock and I want to help business owners and career women learn something new and build a life around a career that makes them happy. Today I'm welcoming another guy onto the podcast, which is a rare occasion. I'm welcoming Chris Sanderson, founder of Limba App, who is coming to speak to us all about how to make your life easier and hopefully more stress-free when you're starting out as a freelancer. If you're listening to this on your phone, make sure you get the best experience by downloading the Entel app. Entel is an interactive podcast platform that combines the best of audio storytelling with the richness of the web. So this means you'll be able to follow links, view images, follow people on social and much more by just tapping your phone. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so in your own words, who are you and what do you do? So I'm a, uh, I guess, part entrepreneur, part ex-lawyer, part uh, enthusiastic amateur, everything else I do. Um, and I founded Limbo, which is a freelance finance tool and cooperative. And we're on a mission to help you live a happy, stress-free and sustainable work life outside of the nine to five. I'd love to live a stress-free life. <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> we have limited powers in the stress-free regard. But, um, but yeah, so we do that by, by helping you with your finances, your admin and your payroll. Um, we help by making you and forcing you to pay into a pension. And we also help by letting you earn shares in our company the more you send invoices on our platform. Those are three really important things if you're a freelancer. I mean, I actually set a company up as soon as I went freelance. But I think at the time, no one was, I mean, I say at the time, no one was really doing freelance. A lot of people were, but a lot more people are now. Mm. Um, so I've always kind of done it that way and done my own payroll. But um, I do think when you go freelance, there's so many other things to think about. It is literally like, okay, what do I do first? Yeah. And there's such a long list of things that you actually have to do. Yeah. Especially, you know, like if you're doing a self-tax return and all that stuff. I don't like to look at any of that. So, you know, I just get an accountant to do it. But I do understand for some people that's like one of the highest stresses on their list. I mean, presumably it just sits on to-do lists for um, ever. And then you get to a panic at the end of your first tax year. And I know people who <laughs> just didn't know about it and then get a tax bill mm. and don't have the money. Yeah. And, you know, um, the most important thing when you're starting out on your own is to have a service or a product that people want to pay for and that's rightly what you focus on um and you think oh the 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 admin around how much money i receive and what i do with it is a nice to have problem and <laughs> that's partly yeah. true but but when, then when you get there and you have to have those nasty surprises it just needn't be that complicated um and the the other the other pain point we noticed was you could do it for five or ten years have a really successful freelance business you'll have earned good money You'd have had a wonderful um, work, empowering work life. But at the end of it, you probably, depending on the business you've started, don't have anything to sell, especially if it's a pure freelance business. So we thought it was really important that we collect the value of everybody's freelance business and offer you equity effectively in each other's um, by giving you shares in our company. So, um, cool. yeah, we, we're all about helping you build bigger value for the future. Well, I think that's one of the things, isn't it? Obviously, we work for the future, but I think when you're young and you start out and you freelance, it tends to be one of those things you don't really think about. So, for example, I set up a pension, I think, maybe a year and a half ago, and I'm looking at it like, 
oh, that's actually not going to be enough to uh, live off when I reach the grand old age of 60 or whatever. Um, but especially with especially with services, if you're selling yourself and you are the business, then it is, you know, you actually don't have anything to sell unless you turned it into some kind of, you know, I don't know, subscription or whatever. But um, yeah, it, I mean, typically no one will buy a freelance business off yeah. a freelancer because the freelancer then leaves and there's no business, right? Mm-hmm. It's um, it exactly. is a service offering. So yeah, I mean, it, it's really important. Okay, so talk me through your career from the beginning, starting with your very first job, because this is like my fave question. I love hearing about people's crappy jobs. First job. So I'm going to go quite far back. Age 10. Me and my best friend from primary school started a little a little business. I think we're going to try and call it. It's quite a grand title. Um, we made and sold little mini football shirt cushions to people. What? <laughs> we would get- See, this is really rogue. I was going to go, I know what you're going to say. You bought refreshers from Booker and sold them at school for a pound each. No, no, this is a manufacturing and distribution business. This was, uh, this was heavy stuff. Wow. Uh, no, so we had a little cardboard template and we had our old school shirts and we drew around the cardboard template, which in the shape of a shirt, and we did bespoke designs. So any football club and any footballer's name on the back. And we, <laughs> we I'm used, trying to imagine what these look like. I right, mean, Felt-tip pen. Yeah, okay, so quality. R- really high quality, yeah. Um, business was booming. We we sold we sold about twenty I think really yeah. that's good yeah pound a pop so we were rolling in it I um, mean, think okay twenty quid twenty quid but we're ten right yeah. think of all the think of what we could buy um, pig mix exactly and now this taught me my first business lesson because business was good until our friend Johnny got a Jurgen Klinsmann that was his favorite favorite football at the time he got a Jurgen Klinsmann shirt and we designed it and we, we he bought it for a pound and then his hamster died. And his hamster was called Jürgen. Oh. And for the funeral ceremony, he wanted to bury Jürgen with his football shirt. So in preparation for the ceremony on the day, Did they the decided... Did the hamster like football? I, I imagine so. Hamsters like balls, right? <laughs> I mean, they run around in the middle of them, but, yeah. but maybe it's slightly different. He decided to wash the shirt so that he could bury it with um, his hamster. Now the colour ran and ruined his shirt. And he came to us in tears because we'd ruined his um, hamster's uh, burial service. Oh. Word got out and the business never never survived. Should have used a Sharpie. Would a Sharpie have, would that be colour fast? Permanent marker. Uh, Gutted. Gutting. Anyway, after that, <laughs> things were a bit more traditional. Um, Newcastle University. I ran a small business before I went to university. Nothing major, but gave me a decent grounding. Then I did English, then I did law. Then I did eight years in the city as a tech and IP lawyer. Um, and then I got out of the, the nine to five, moved from London to Bristol and launched the business. Um, so, yeah, I'd say I'm a kind of hopeless millennial who got stuck in a career and got out pretty quick. Mm. Mm. Funnily enough, I know a few people that have, that have done that in law. I, don't, I, can, I mean, I couldn't really speak for it, but I do know a few people. Please don't tell me you watched Suits and you thought it was going to be like that. No, and I wasn't aware. The Harvey was going to keep you under his wing. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I wasn't aware of Suits at the time. Uh, um, original. I'm not sure what I thought was going to happen. I like you're twenty something. You, you know, nice suit, nice yeah, office. It's kind good of a job. Good money. It's kind of yeah. an it's a it's an enticing thing when you're twenty five. It is. 
why did you decide to start the business? I was very, very fidgety. I wanted to use all facets of my personality and all of my skills. Um, I didn't think a career or any job was going to give me that. Um, I figured there were lots of people in lots of different sectors who felt that way and wanted maybe to work for lots of different companies doing lots of different things. So I set up a business to help, I guess, people who felt a bit like me um, use all of their skills and, and earn flexibly in a kind of alternative way. Um, so that might be freelancers, it might be gig workers, it might be slashies, it might be solopreneurs, um, those types of people who are an increasing breed um, because it's easier than ever, right? So um, I wanted to start something that would help them um, and that's what Limbo was. Uh, you say slashy. You actually said this in your first email yeah. to me. I was like, what is that? What is a slashy? What is it? So like uh, the slash is the, uh, so you're a barista slash graphic designer. Right. So a slashy, a multi-hyphenate or a, yeah, they're the two words you see dotted around a lot. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've never heard of that. Yeah. Now I have. It's not a great, we had it in lots of marketing materials. It's not a, it didn't test well. It's not a great word. People don't, um, some people love it because they feel like they've finally got a definition for themselves and other people just think it evokes thoughts of either violent horror films or, um, or, or something else so um, yeah there's something else is what i thought yeah um <laughs> yeah so one of the main issues when you go freelance is working out your finances so in terms of what options freelancers have when they first start up i mean i can share my experience mm. i just went limited straight away yeah because i knew that i didn't want to be i didn't want people to not think i was a freelancer but i always saw my business going somewhere else so having yes. employees and yes hiring freelancers yes. which is what i do now um and i very rarely post my face or my sassy digital mm. instagram and marketing mm. materials and stuff like that because i think it's a business in my mind it's a business and that's yeah. what it is um but i do understand some people just want to be a freelancer you know test the waters see see if it's going to work for them um but also when you're a freelancer you don't just have to kind of pick random bits of work up obviously you can go and work in offices and do contracts and yeah. stuff like that um but yeah what's like sort of the main options when people first go freelance in terms of how they can start earning money so finances yeah you're right so the what i call the kind of nuclear option is is limited company straight straight off the bat boom boom <laughs> done committed and um i get that and if you're gonna you know hold property or go for finance or whatever that's definitely the right option um it also gives you the added benefit of if you're sued, the company sits in front of you, so you don't have personal liability. So that's a good way to go, but I it think comes... that's what someone told me, actually. I think yeah. that's probably why I did it. Not yeah. why I thought I was going to be sued. <laughs> right, but if you are, you want <laughs> yeah. that You want that protection. Limited yeah, yeah, company sure. gives, gives you that. Um, it does come with it some challenges, some expenses, and some admin, um, which you will have experienced. Um, and it comes with it self-assessment. Um, which is also quite painful for people and uh, when we speak a lot about um, surprise tax, bill, tax bills at the end of the year. Um, and lots of people who want to do their own thing are very good at the thing they want to do, but not obviously so good at some you. of the other things. Um, and they should not, nor, should, nor should they be. Um, so, so that's one option. Um, the other option is to go kind of sole trader, which is basically the same as the path you took you'll still have to do self-assessment and deal with your own tax um but you won't have to set up a company and do all that admin 
but then it comes with a downside that means you're personally on the hook for anything you do and any contracts you sign, which those are the types of things that, you know, in the horror stories you hear, um, people lose out significant sums of money if they don't have the right um, insurance and things like that in place. So um, I'd say that's probably like the risky, the risky option um, or the short-term option. I think I was quite well advised, just sorry to interrupt, yeah, I think please. I was quite well advised in terms of the limited company because the things that you're talking about, my mum's actually, well, was an accountant um, for many years. So I had her talking to me, a family friend of ours is also a accountant and my brother has since become um, an accountant. Mm. Um, so they always said to me, always save 20% of what comes in yeah. because then you don't class it as your money. So yeah. anything that's in my current account is available for expenses, paying people's wages, etc. And then in the savings account is all, you know, tax money. And that's, I look at it and I don't see it as my money. That's just there and ready to pay your tax bill at the end of the year. But what what's really nice is because you've already put 20% aside, that's not minus your expenses. So mm. after you paid your tax bill, you do actually have some left yeah, you over. Do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is like a nice little bonus for yeah. you at the end of the year which is nice it's like the opposite of yeah yeah, yeah. exactly yeah, yeah. so there was that but also i've never really been like i'm good at maths i like you know i like percentages in terms of like 20 percent <laughs> of my paycheck <laughs> yeah, yeah, going yeah. in there um and i like seeing the money come in but i just thought you know what it's not for me i'm just gonna get an accountant to do yep. it so i did that straight away right um, the one thing i wish i had done straight away which to be fair, I probably couldn't afford it at the beginning and it was probably unnecessary because I didn't have that many expenses um, was to get a bookkeeper. And mm. that's what I did this year. And oh my gosh, game changer. Mm. Absolute game changer. Yeah. Um. So sorry. Yeah, sorry to interrupt. No, 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 but that's... I didn't actually feel like I had that many challenges because I'd been like advised um, by people. So I, I think actually, yeah. if you do know any accountants, it's probably quite a good thing to go and do. Ask around to see if you can get any free advice from people who... Absolutely. Friends, Absolutely. Yeah. And look, I mean, what what we decided to do for people was just negate the need for any of that stuff. So um, the way our tool works is we're an invoicing tool. You can invoice your clients for your services. Um, we deal with national insurance, we deal with tax at, at source. You get a payslip um, as if you had a normal uh, job and you never have to do any of the other things you'd have to do if you were self-assessed or set up your own company. Um, so how does that work? Does it work by, so they're invoicing as? Them, as themselves. Yeah. To their client. Yeah. Using the Limber tool. Okay. Um, the pay button that the client sees funnels money to us. We then deduct right. tax at source and okay. pay you um, what's left. So um, you set your own fee. In a paycheck. In a paycheck, in a pay slip. Yeah. Monthly. We do weekly at the moment. Oh, Because we want well, people cool. to be paid nice and quick. Yeah. Um, so we do weekly, but, um, you know, that that's uh, that's something we're looking at in the future of maybe doing um, monthly and weekly, whichever you'd like to choose. Um, but, yeah, we yeah, we just took all the, all the fuss out. And I think what your attitude when you started your thing was you had a quite big plan. And I think lots of yeah. people are thinking actually I'm going to maybe start with a side hustle and it might grow or go part-time and then part-time work freelance or any hybrid of those things um and I think if you're there and you just want to dip your toe in the water yeah for sure then why would you you know 
all that effort is is, is a it lot. Is. And it's yeah, very it off-putting. Um, also, yeah. if you're dipping your toe in the water, I can't imagine closing down a company and doing all of that stuff. Oh God, I just I don't even want to think about that. Um, mm. Admin. <laughs> admin. Right. Exactly. Exactly. As little admin as possible. Correct. Is the way forward. Correct. Correct. So it's one is one click, and everything is done for you. Sick. Let's talk a bit about pensions. Mm. As I mentioned, <laughs> I've only just set up a pension for myself and I kind of look at it and I'm like, oh God. But before I did it, I was having a bit of a meltdown because um, I, when I worked at a company, I'd set up a pension scheme. Yeah. And not that I had a lot of money in there, but you know, this, this is an all right amount. It's a few months worth of pension. Yeah. Um, so I moved that over into a different pension and then I met with a pension advisor and mm. he sat me down and he went, right, if you... You know, let's talk about your lifestyle. Um, this, this, in, by the way, is just from a company director's point of view. So he yeah. was asking me all these questions, blah, blah, blah. And then he showed me this big chart. And he said, if you want to retire by the time you're 60 and earn £20,000 a year, you're going to have to put £400 a month away. And I was like, sorry, what? Mm. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how am I going to do that? Yeah. Yeah. But then... I mean, it's all relative, isn't it? I'm, well, I hope I would have more money as I get older. So it's actually kind of evens itself out. But um, yeah, so anyway, I had a meltdown. I thought, do you know what? Actually, starting where I can afford is a good place to start. Yeah. So that's what I did. Um, start the ball rolling, right? It's exactly like saving something's better than nothing. Mm-hmm. But it is really important to save the future. And I think sometimes if we go freelance, we kind of forget about it because we're so busy working on everything yeah. else. Yeah. Um, yeah so so what I would always say here is you have to do this on day one if you can and you don't have a time machine so you can't you can't do that but you have to do it on day one because any time after that will feel like a short-term hit because you're taking a reduction in oh yeah your income yep. because you're having to contribute so if you do it on day one um that takes away that pain obviously um maybe you can't always do that um one uh, another thing I would I constantly say to people is you should be charging your clients a pension contribution on top as if they're Uh employing you. If you are, um, if you are providing a service, which in all likelihood feels a bit like an employment relationship on a short term basis. And that's the reality of, you know, if you come in and help someone for a little while, you're preventing them having to hire you're preventing them having to incur these costs. Exactly. You absolutely should treat your clients as if they are also contributing. And I would recommend separating on a line item on your invoices, your pension contributions at 4%. And they should be paying that. Ah. And you should be then paying your own pension contributions to make up your 8% or whatever you need to make up. Yeah. So I, and I cannot think of any client or any business I know that would object to the people they work with earning towards their future and that amount being added on. Because remember, you are prevent you do not have to pay pension contributions or national insurance contributions as an employer if you're getting someone via freelance or self-employed. So you're saving those costs from exactly. them. Exactly. So why? I mean, I, I, I don't get it. I guess if you've already increased your fees to take into that all into account and you prefer just to present one number to the client, that's fine. But if you haven't done that yet, just add 4%. Make no apologies. This is about you living sustainably and you building towards your future, not you earning for you know 
you know, earning 4% less. So. That's actually a really good bit of advice. Mm. I've never really thought about it that way. Because obviously when you do VAT, yeah. you add that on top. Right. So what's interesting is I think, well, I've listened to loads of podcasts and read books and stuff about setting your day rate, which I've not listened to and I've just done my own thing. But yeah. <laughs> regardless yeah. of that, some yeah, people yeah. do like to be super organized and do that type yeah, of thing. Yeah. But that's the type of thing that you may not think about adding into your day rate. Correct. Correct. And you, you definitely should in one in one way or the other. Um. I mean, the other thing about setting your day rate or hourly rate or rate per project, um, you've got to think about all the things you don't get as a result of being employed. So you're not getting health insurance, you're not getting holiday, your employer or client is not paying employees national insurance, as I said. Um, they will all automatically add 15% to any any salary they think about offering someone. So they have that in their head anyway. Um You've got to think about how intense is a project. Is it going to drag me away from BD for a whole month? In BD? which case, a bit sorry, business development oh. for a whole month. So I'm going to have to work so intensely on this project for one month. I won't have any other time for any other lead generation to find any other business. Yeah. So it's going to take me a couple of weeks after that to find new work because that's the way that sometimes the world works. If that client is taking that much time away from you, then you're also losing the opportunity cost of any future work. So yeah, true. And you always, well, it's always useful as a freelancer to have something lined up, you know, what's next. Of course. Because of course. otherwise, well, you don't want to be sitting around. I work with freelancers who email me during quiet periods going, um, well, firstly, they try and sell me stuff. And then I'm like, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, if you need work, just tell me because I'm sure I can find you something to yep. do. Yeah. Um, and I'd rather people work like that. But I think, you know, when you sit around, it can be actually really it can actually really affect you and put you yeah. put you down and yeah. put you in a negative mental space which is obviously not the reason you would go freelance in the first place no. No. um so yeah it's important to have things lined up yeah um and then we 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 also talk about um invoicing and the admin side of of making sure the money hits your account yeah and the amount of people i've worked with who invoice like 35 days after the work's finished no like what do you <laughs> no I've, I've totally forgotten about you and you're you know that's that's just delaying the money hitting your account invoice me like the day before it's finished or in milestones or the I second actually have it's a really done good bit of advice for this go for it so when a couple of years ago i met um a really good friend of mine now called Chloe who um, is the fiance of a guy called Ben who runs an accountancy firm not sure why that's relevant but anyway (laughs) they gave me some very good advice that um, they basically have all of their clients on a direct debit each month Mm. which is obviously really great and when Mm. you work on a retainer basis invoicing you know you may not get get paid when you start a project for two months if you're on a retainer because you might invoice on the first of january uh sorry the end of january and if you've got 28 day payment terms you might not get paid until the end of february so you could be working for someone for two months without getting any form of payment for them and then the payment gets delayed a month and then if you've got loads of different payments coming in you can actually get really confused um so to have people on a direct debit and I've actually never, since I've started asking people for direct debits and standing orders, I've never had a rejection of that. It's been a, this is how we work. If you want to work with us, this is how we take payment. Yeah. 
and you get paid on the same day each month. Yep. I actually use GoCardless, mm. um, which does take a fee. However, if your clients are understanding and willing to do it and they're, they're a small business, they can actually set you up on standing order, mm. which means you don't lose out on any sort of card fees or whatever. Um, so that, I think, is a really good bit of advice. And then the other thing I do on my normal invoices is what you were saying um, is that you can have a pay now button. Is that what is that what you were saying? Yeah, so, um, I mean, that's how Limber works. So you, yeah. you send your invoices, it's just a link. There's a pay now button. Every invoice on Limber is on seven-day payment terms. Can they pay by card? They pay by card. Yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, and I think there's a changing attitude. Unless you're working for a dinosaur business or one of the really clunky blue chip businesses it does sometimes happen but i think it's a changing focus and actually getting kind of decentralizing their payment function and telling stakeholders that they have a card they can use in order to make things move quicker yeah i think finance departments are are more and more willing to do but i think as a freelancer self-employed person you have to insist on really really quick payment terms it just you do not have you do not have you can't afford to wait for 30 30 45 60 90 days um and one of the things we bake into our payment flow is a payment promise that we will chase down your payment for you and if there's a problem we will we will mediate and help you get paid um because we recognize that's like problem number one um do you know what as well we did hear a horror story on this podcast from a guy called matt who runs the freelance club and Mm. he um worked for he was doing photography for a um e-commerce company Mm. and he worked for free for three months and the promise he kept turning up for work and they were like oh yeah you get paid tomorrow and after three months they he turned up and everything was being packed up and he they were like oh we've gone bust never got paid you know obviously just was in the belief that they were friends i mean horror horror story horrendous um so i i you know i don't think is it people don't like to talk about money Mm. and i I literally mention this now on every single podcast Mm. because i've just read this book about talking about money and i don't think when you agree to work with someone just talk openly about it you know this is how much you charge if they've accepted it they know how much charge they know when they you need to be paid um and actually, I think there's something quite empowering about yeah. talking about money and saying, hi, this is what I'm owed. Yeah. Um, you know, can you make payment? I used to send emails saying, a friendly reminder, this is overdue. Mm. I was speaking to one of my friends and he, I mean, he's got a slightly different relationship with his clients. He sends them emails with the subject line, I need money. And then in the thing, <laughs> pay me now. Wouldn't recommend that. Yeah. I probably won't do that to yeah. my clients. I like it. Um but you know it's direct straightforward so now i just say uh this is overdue when can i expect to be paid and usually with that email i get payment within 24 hours if not a few hours yeah i mean without with my non-limber hat on um as a receiver of services i would rather have opt out payment so i'd rather opt out of you know of paying something but otherwise it it'd be automatic if i received an email that says we will be charging your account in seven days. Let us know if you're unhappy with whatever's happened or let us know if you don't oh. think you own this. I would. That's fine by me because yeah. you can bet I will definitely click that button and re- reject the payment at that point if it's been sent in error or if you haven't done the work yeah. or 
if I'm not happy to pay. But more often than not, it's just I, with any business, no one wants to be chased and it's a manual process to make that payment happen. So we should all be trying to automate it and then the edge cases we'll deal with manually. But the normal case yeah. of being paid should be automatic. There's no reason why not. Also, I mean, in the case of paying free, I pay a lot of freelancers. Mm. Um, but in the case of paying people, I used to wait the maximum 30 days because I was like, why would I not wait 30 days? But I'm, I have to write everything down. And I have, because I've got so much to do, I've got such a scatty mind yeah. that it gets to 30 days and I feel terrible if I haven't paid anyone. Mm. So when I get the invoices now, I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to pay them straight away. Yeah. Why would I not? I just yeah. pay them. It will be outside, out of mind. It's yeah. done. It's left the account. Yeah. So you don't even have to like stress about whether you've got x amount of money in your account to pay yeah. whoever because it's yeah. already it's, it's already gone. gone exactly just get rid get done oh love that love mm. bit of money chats just mm. so empowering <laughs> i mean you know some of your listeners might be asleep at this point but uh, oh, yeah. but but it's Sorry. important it's important we were like getting money in our account let's not <laughs> that is true. let's not be around <laughs> that is the bush that's true I have decided to create even more work for myself and you can now follow at the winging it podcast on Instagram. That's right. We have our very own channel where you can keep up to date with the winging it podcast, but I will mainly be posting business related memes, including my favorite one about pyramid schemes. So go give it a follow. So I think being a freelancer and or running your own business um, can feel lonely at times. And mm. I mean, I once got interviewed about this for a newspaper um, because I used to work in a Barclays co-working space yeah. and they used me as a PR example. And I was thinking, oh, I don't know if I do feel that lonely. Um, but I understand what they mean because when sometimes when you have like, was like we were saying, if you have times when you don't have work, you can feel a little bit kind of, mentally drained yeah. or if you're having problems yeah you don't feel that anyone else understands you so if i'm having an issue at work um which is rare but if i am if i went home and said to my mum and dad oh this is happening um blah, blah blah or if i asked my brother or my friends none of them would really understand and they'd give me advice that i'd be like oh i don't want to take that because you mm. don't like maybe mm. you haven't totally got this yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you haven't to- totally understand not in that world therefore, yeah exactly no frame or of reference even, yeah. even friends who are who do run their own businesses mm. or they are freelance um but sometimes you just feel like no one really understands what it is that you're going through mm. even though mm. they probably do um i mean in terms of business owners and freelancers um have you struggled with this at all and what tips would you give or have you come across anyone that would yeah i think the big the big problem with doing anything on your own or starting anything or starting out that's freelancer startup founder anything is a sense of failure or a sense that you should be doing better because of what you're seeing around you and if there's ever two worlds which collided um, to to like exaggerate this problem, it's social media and the startup scene, yeah. and both of them are terrible for this. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone is projecting their their perfect version of their business themselves, their skills, um, and partly for ego reasons, partly for business development reasons, partly for PR reasons, um, and you can't trust any of it. So if you're having a bad day or it's I quiet agree. or you're sat there going 
wow, what do, what do we do next? Or why am I not why am I not working 18 hours today? Because I should be, because that's what startup people do. Um, and you look around you, you'll just see millions of people who are crushing it or whatever expression they want to use. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the tip I have is if you assume, if you assume everything you've seen on social media has been amplified by a hundred times. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter if that's true or not. Um, it's a much healthier lens to view all this stuff through. Um, and I mean, I just, I don't engage with it and I don't, I don't look at it and I don't believe it and I choose not to spend much time on it unless I've got a genuine reason to be there. Um, and then I've, I've got a handful of people who I know and trust who I can be 100% honest with about what's going on. And that is the most important thing because yeah. you, you can't sit in the echo chamber of either your own head or social media and solve your problems alongside all the other people that are projecting the perfect versions of themselves yeah you have to find an outlet to project the worst version of yourself or your business <laughs> to someone else and um you need to trust them to not judge you and not criticize you and not tell anyone else that actually um your numbers aren't what you want them to be or your business isn't going in the direction you want it to go and it's not perfect but you've got some problems you'd like to try and solve to yeah. improve it um but those, you know, those people are few and far between for most people, I suspect. They are. I do also think, well, back to the social media thing. Mm. I, obviously, it's a highlight reel. Yeah. And we always say that. Like, everyone always does. Mm. And obviously, you're going to post, like, your best bits of work. Or like, oh, I'm working with this person. Isn't that yeah. amazing? I'm going to share this because I've just done a video with Barclays or whatever. But, um, I mean, in terms of my own experience... I find it very bizarre because I, I mean, firstly, let's not pretend I've got loads of followers on social media because I don't. But the one, the people that do follow me um, because they're interested in what I'm doing or, you know, even friends make remarks about other business owners that I know and like, oh, mm. aren't they doing so well? But I hear it from the other end. So one of my best friends runs a business and she, she always calls me up or sends me voice notes and she's like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> you know we kind of like have this like rant with each other yeah. which is great um because obviously i have someone that understands what i'm going through mm. and you know we each go through different stages but behind like every instagram post that's like we've sold out is someone pulling their hair out over a supplier yeah um i do also think or a manufacturer <laughs> they've sold out because they didn't have any in the first place yes <laughs> that too that too anyway <laughs> stock's not arrived on time yeah um, I do also think social media can be a positive place for that because um, I always think back in the early days, if I'd have had someone that was doing something similar to me that I could have messaged and been like, I'm going through this. Like, I just wondered if you had any advice. Mm. Mm. Nine times out of 10, I, I would think that people would want to help. I love helping people. People who want to go freelance to manage other people's social media occasionally message me and mm. say, how do you start? And of course, I'm happy to help people because I just think at that point in time, mm. I would have loved someone to be like, this is how I've got to where I am. You can 100% do it too. Mm. And actually, I do think success, half of the time, what, 50% of success, I actually think is just being in the right place at the right time. Yeah. The other 50% is putting in the work yeah. to make sure you're in the right place. Yeah. Um. So in terms of social media, yes, it can be like a 
shit, that person sold out a course. What the fuck am I doing with my life? Mm. But also, you do have to take a step back and look at what you've done and where you've got to. Mm. Everyone starts at a different stage yeah, as yeah, well. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. So, yeah. It's a, it is a weird one. It's a weird world. It is a weird world. It's getting weird. It's a weird world to start mm. a business. It's getting weird. Let's not even get Let's on not go to there. politics. Let's not go there, no. <laughs> so in terms of... Uh, well, that leads quite nicely on to talking about failure, perhaps. Mm. Um, I think even when you're doing well, there is a lot of failures that happen a long way. I read a quote the other day, actually, that was like, success is just a string of failures. All learn a lesson from or whatever it said. Yeah. Yeah, sounds good. How do you sounds deal with good. how do you deal with failure? Um, I think you expect it. Um, you almost kind of seek it out. You can't you can't learn anything particularly valuable unless you fail a few times anyway. So I totally agree. I um, actually <laughs> was saying this at an event last week. I love to fail because I'm like, well, I won't do that next time. Mm. Mm. The frustrating ones is when you. You fail and then you make the mistake <laughs> again. You're like, oh but, shit, that's yeah, why I didn't do that yeah, before. Yeah, right, exactly. Okay, yeah, I remember now. Um, by the fourth time, you've, you've got it. You're there. Um, no, so so you've got to expect it. Um, you've got to understand that starting anything will involve uh, difficult times, and if you're not up for that, you shouldn't do it um, because that is just that's got to be automatic. Um, other than from the 0.001% of people who magically make it work first time. Um, and actually, we it's built into how we build our product. So we we do it quite fast. We ship it, um, goes into the app store, and we we collect the negative comments and we try and find as many as we can, and then we fix those and then we go again. Um, so if it's built, and that's kind of a, a tech product iteration thing, but I think you can learn a lot from that. Um, I think you can learn a lot from feedback from clients right. and what I will always do is ask for a testimonial but I'll say if there's anything that you think we need to improve on and I think this is one of the things in our nature we don't want to hear negative things about ourselves you no. know you could say to a client are you happy yes I'm mm. so happy thank you so much I don't know what I'd do without you is there anything I can improve on I'm not thinking of a specific example here but you know maybe someone could say well actually you could be a bit more organized you know around this and as a freelancer or a business owner, you take that. You tend to take those things quite emotionally. Yeah. Even when you work for someone else, you take those emotionally. You yeah. know, yeah, yeah. what's like, oh, you think there's something wrong with me? But actually, that you know, constructive criticism always sets you up for success in the future. It does. And but here's here's a really important point: take the, take the feedback, and the response is always thank you. No, don't don't debate and discuss it. <laughs> That's not, no, not, that's not the path to go down. That will not lead to a good place. Just just accept it, take it, sit in it for a couple of days, go back to it and read it with fresh eyes. You'll you'll understand where the where the honest parts are, where the bits you can do nothing about are, because you know there's a t there's two sides to every story, and um, clients can be difficult too. So um, take it, collect it, store it, reflect on it a few days later, then improve and otherwise forget it. Um, but you, you just gotta you just gotta accept it as everyday part of your business. Um, it won't be anything but. It is. Mm. But I also think when you work for you know when you work in a big business or small business, whatever you're doing in your career, there will always be those moments that you either get criticism or you feel like you're failing. It doesn't matter what you do in life. You can always kind of get into that headspace. I guess. You can. You can. Yeah. 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 Life advice. Mm. 
Who'd have thought? Happens to everyone. <laughs> so, I ask this question to everyone. I love apps. Okay. I love them. Okay. They're my favourite thing. In fact, let me just see if I've downloaded any apps recently because I haven't recommended one in a while. I quite fancy it. Um, okay. Oh, I've got two today. I'm mm. going to share mine in a sec. Oh, no, I've got three. Okay, no, I'm not going to share them all. You share one first and then I'll share one. Okay, I'm going to go because I can't say limber. Um, I'm going to go. Oh, sorry. No, you can't say social media either. That's fine. That's okay. fine. I wasn't going to say that. Um, I think that the most important thing to running a business is clarity of thought. And the thing that gives you most clarity of thought is exercise. So my app is, and I could choose any one of number, is MoveGB, who are a flexible on-demand fitness oh, type app. Oh, okay. Um, and when I need to clear my head, that is what I use. Um, actually, it's not about the app at all. It's is about it what you do. Uh, yeah, it's subscription-based. Okay, because I'm going to just throw something out oh, there. What have you got? It might change your, might change your life. Nike Training Club, free app, hundreds and hundreds of workouts. It used to be just for women, and now it's for everyone. So, but these are... These are um, app-based, app-delivered classes in your living room, for example. Yeah. Is that right? Okay, cool. So um, I haven't actually tried one of those. Download it. Yeah. It's so good. No, no, it's not a class. So it's like a workout. Yeah. But you press go and then, yeah. it, you know, it either does time-based or rep-based. And then it kind of goes through a list and it's okay. like, this is the exercise you do now and now you do this. And okay. you can choose, you know, if you've got half an hour. You can do a half an hour workout. If you've got yeah. 15 minutes and you just want to do like an ab blast or something, yeah. Yeah. you can do that yeah. or, yeah, whatever. Okay. Sorry, we weren't meant to be talking about that. No, that's app. fine. Let's that's talk fine. about yours. No, no, no. So, so that's fine. I, I'll try it. Um, I like getting out and I like seeing the whites of people, like, people's eyes when I exercise. So MoveGB is a in-person class aggregation type app. Oh, so it's like ClassPass. Exactly. Oh, but uh, okay. Bath-based Bath startup. Um, we know and like them. So yeah, that's what I use. Yeah, ClassPass is only really in London. Yeah. Maybe it's in like Manchester or something. It might bigger be. Cities, but... It might be. But there you go. So move GB for me. Oh, sweet. Okay. Mm. Well, I'm not in Bristol, but I'm sure that will be useful for some people. There we go. There we go. Um, Class Pass is actually also really good for that. Yes. Um, I use Class Pass. I only got it when I moved to London. Yeah. And it's changed my life. There you go. That's not the app I'm going to share, though. Go for it. Even though I've just shared three different apps in one go. This isn't really a business one, but I'm going to share it anyway. <laughs> So, there's an app called List. List. L-I-S-T. L-Y-S-T. Of course. And it's basically an app that you can make lists on of mm. like, so it says here, never miss out, stay on top of new arrivals and sales from your favorite stores. Okay. So, they've got like hundreds of shops on here. And you right. can basically, if there's things that you're thinking you're having a look now on my phone, that you would really love to buy. So, mm. like. I don't know, everyone has a wish list in their head, right? Mine is yep. full of designer handbags. Okay. Um, which is really great because if you put them on this app, it will alert you to when your particular style of whatever reduces in price. Interesting. So you basically can make a wish list and then get the best deals when the sales are on and particularly useful for this time of year. Because it is, yeah. January sales. Yeah, it's a really great app. Okay. I really enjoy it. Okay, cool. So there you go. Good recommendation. Not for business, but it's like the opposite of being for business. Helps you spend money, but less. <laughs> Helps you look nice for meetings. That's true. That's I true. I wish that was an expensible thing. Mm. <laughs> I really need a new la- uh, handbag to put my laptop in. Yeah. So I'm sure if you didn't have one, you might be able to get away with that. I'll hide them all when the tax man comes for <laughs> me. Hide the rest of them, yeah. 
Um, okay, cool. And do you have a motto slash life quote slash inspirational saying that you like to live by? And okay. Can share it with us. I, it doesn't have to be too woo-woo. No, no, that's fine. I was thinking about this on my way in. Um, when I was 18, I ran a marathon in Dublin um, when I was too young and stupid to understand that that was a difficult thing to do. I got to about mile 19 or 20 and it was teeming down with rain. There were not many, there weren't any spectators anyway, but it was teeming down with rain. And I was going around this corner and there was this little sweet old lady, she must have been about 80, shivering in the cold, standing with her hands above her head with like a duvet cover or something with Sharpie, the the colour didn't run. And on, on the banner, it nearly made me cry, on the banner it just said, pain fades, glory lasts forever. And oh. I'd, if it wasn't so rainy, you would have been able to see the tears kind of streaming down my face. This old lady had, had come out to, um, to to share that with us all. And had I read it on a bumper sticker, I would have thought it was cheesy, but it was but it was her, and it it stayed me, with me for the last uh, fourteen years. So I'm um, picturing it in like a a black and white old photograph, right, hanging on the wall. Yeah, that's it. That's I love it. That. Yeah. Pain fades, glory lasts forever. Mm. What a great thing to read on mile nineteen. Yeah, that's what I needed. That's yeah. what I needed. Got me to the end. Wow. Well, there you go. <laughs> thank you there for sharing you that. No worries. And thank you for joining me today. No worries. It's been um, a pleasure. Where can we find Limber if we need it? You can go to the App Store, download the app, Limber. Um, can or, anyone sign up? Yeah, anyone. Anyone who wants to send invoices and yes. earn shares in my company. Come and, come and earn shares in my company at Limber or Limber.work. Cool. Great. Wait, and is that sorry, limber.work? No, that's a website. That's a website. So okay. That's where you go where for can information. Where you on social media? Ah, um, I'd go to Limber App on Instagram or on Facebook. Um, Chris Sanderson on LinkedIn. Um, say hi. Ask me questions. Sweet. Welcome anything. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And if you would like to subscribe to this podcast, if you enjoyed it, please subscribe wherever you're listening. You can find us on Spotify on the app store google stitcher everywhere basically oh and entail download the entail app that's where we are we're sat in their studio chris is laughing and you can find me on social media at lucy hitchcock underscore or for lots of marketing tips and tricks you can follow at sassy digital and i will see you next week for another episode